summoned through the dimension of sound. People explore the musical world which they believe to be true. But there is a world unheard by some that is filled with stories of an unknown reality, a jazz side. Episode 4 of Tales from the Jazz Side is with saxophonist, composer, producer, arranger, Jacques Schwartzbart. This episode, I'm veering off my Michael Frank's 20-year anniversary tribute, and I'm going to be dipping a little bit into my past. Now, the musical experiences... um, that I've had with this great musician who's my guest today isn't so much about being out on the road. It's more about the road being here in New York City, in clubs, in studios, and some various other places that we'll talk about. Jacques and I go way, way back, and I had the honor to have him play on The Art of Michael Franks, I had uh, two releases, actually, with The Art of Michael Franks. One was a Japanese release. The other one was here in the United States. On the Japanese release, I had two extra songs. That was uh, a medley. And um, I wasn't able to make that available here in the States until August, this past August. And Jacques was featured on that. So I'll be making that available soon in October, where you can download it. And you can hear the remarkable playing of Jacques on on those two tunes. Some of the phrases associated with Jacques' compositions and playing, they're phrases like, he brings ethereal quality to his music. Or they're words that are associated, they use soaring or purposeful creativity. Now, when I recall each of the wonderful and incredible occasions that I've worked with Jacques, my description of it is it's always been a deep spiritual awakening that welcomed this openness to explore, to like free yourself from any tags or labels. And although all the descriptions that have been used to describe his music and playing are accurate and great descriptions, somehow I feel that his music is undefinable because it's pure evolution. Pure in the sense that it's a change. It's, it's change that's built upon this beauty, this acknowledgement of the mysteries of, of the self that's eternal. And in his liner notes uh, on the CD, The Art of Dreaming, which uh, Jacques released in the United States in 2012, Jacques states that a group of musicians essentially dreams collectively while playing together, and and I really I really like how he how he stated that. I, I find that to be very true, and it has been with great gratitude that I've had the chance to dream and travel in the musical sphere of Brother Jacques' music. His music that I feel is laced and woven with 
his distinctively unique and cultural heritage. As usual, to find out more about Brother Jacques, this multi-talented and atypical musical pathfinder, you can visit his website at www.brotherjacques.com. That's B-R-O-T-H-E-R-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S.com. You can follow him on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, you can also just surf the web because there's a lot of information on Jacques out there and some wonderful videos where you get to hear and see him do his remarkable work. Join me now on Tales from the Jazz Side with my guest, Jacques Schwartzbart. My guest today is jazz saxophonist Jacques Schwartzbart. Bonjour, Jacques. Bonjour, Veronica. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. It's, it's my personal pleasure. You know, uh, uh, we, we met uh, un- under uh, great circumstances. We were playing for the sheer joy of it at uh, Starbucks uh, downtown <laughs> New York. I don't know, for a cup of coffee and a cookie or something like that. And, and uh, you know, that, so that's, that's how... Real friendships uh, can can blossom. I feel. Yeah, and it's true. It's really true. And you know, it's really good to see you. It seems like we uh, only really get a chance to visit if we're you know recording something together or playing together or being like a guest on the podcast. So uh, it's just really good to have you here. Now, um, you know, besides being like a great saxophonist, okay, you. you're also a composer, an arranger, a producer, and you know, what I've really, what I love about your work and what I've admired about what you do is, you know, you have this honesty that comes from your playing. It's a, it's a real pure kind of honesty. I call it like organic truth. And you always are moving toward that truth, you know, and you fold in, you know, your life and your life experiences. And so it, it's very evolutionary. And for me, I feel that's what jazz is. It's an evolutionary form. If it if it stagnates, it dies. And you really give it this this life. Now, with your with your work, I have I have a, a bunch of questions to ask. Okay, because <laughs> you you know your life is just so amazing and fascinating. I was going through your bio and and reading all about you know everything about your life. And if I were to go into all the details, it would take you know three, four hundred shows for us to, <laughs> to to get all of it. But I want to touch upon a few things before we get into my favorite part, which is going into the basement. Now, growing up, you lived in quite a few countries, right? Senegal, Switzerland, um, Guadeloupe. Um, now, you, there's a part where you talk about when you were in, in your bio, when you were four, you were offered a guo cadrum. How do you say? Yeah, guoca drum. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a hand drum uh, from Guadeloupe. Uh, it, it's a tradition that uh, wa- was born, uh, you know, on the plantations in Guadeloupe, but obviously can- comes straight from uh, from Africa. Uh, although uh, several rhythms uh, can be traced uh, uh, from different parts of Africa. Because of obviously the, the the slaves themselves, you know, had different uh, different origins. Uh, so this this uh, uh, musical art form uh, was uh, kind of uh, 
uh, cultural resistance for African slaves uh, to to overcome uh, their condition, kind of like the blues in in in, in America, and uh, uh, it was considered that, uh, as a uh, um, the music of the devil, oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like jazz right. for, for in, in a lot of churches here, and and uh, uh, until finally, uh, you know, over the last fifty years. It, it it has been celebrated uh, as it should have been, you know, for a while now. But uh, uh, now it's really the the symbol of of, of uh, the, our culture in Guadeloupe. And, and but but I, I was uh, when I was uh, a kid, it, it, it was it was still uh, the dark ages uh, for Guoka and and uh, uh, my grandparents. Uh, Thought uh, that, that that I was going to to end up uh, crazy running in the in, in, in the jungle because uh, the spirits would have uh, stolen my soul, but I, I was totally into it. I mean, you know, uh, talking about spirits, you know, uh, when 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 uh, we were playing that music, you know, in the darkness uh, with uh, just uh, candles uh, here and there. Uh, in the middle of uh, cane fields, mm -hmm. uh, sugar sugar cane fields, I, I had the feeling. I don't know if it's you know uh, reality or not that 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 the the spirits were all around us, wow. and and, and my, the beginning of my my uh, musical story uh, comes from a spiritual experience okay. of 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 uh, connecting to uh, I guess uh, the the old african spirits uh, playing hand drums in, in the middle of sugarcane fields <laughs> at 4 year old in guadeloupe right, i know 4 years old too that's like so um when it, it says that it was you it was offered to you what does that was it just like a gift was it who who gave it to you uh, a, a master uh, called anzala uh, and my, my my parents were very fond of his music so we went to uh, they they took me along uh to several of uh, his little ceremonies and and uh um, i i asked him if i could you know uh, uh drum along and and, and uh, he saw that that uh, uh I, I, i was you know following the rhythm pr pretty mm -hmm. naturally so Uh, he gave me a small little drum that would be uh, more fit to my hands <laughs> you know how is it what does it look like is it is it um, so it's, it's a barrel Uh, with a uh, goat skin on, on, on it, okay. Uh, with a rim around it, and and and, and uh, ropes to uh, uh, create the tension. Oh, okay. And, and put to to pull the the the, the rim mm -hmm. uh, that that uh, that holds the goat skin o over the, the the barrel. Okay. Uh, but uh, there was no barrel small enough. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh he he gave me what what we call a bois fouillé which is uh a, a little piece of uh wood mm -hmm. that that that's dug and 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 uh until it's hollow inside and and then you you put the goat skin on top Okay. Uh, okay. And okay. That, 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 that was, was my little, first round. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so at some point you had to graduate from the small <laughs> one to, to the larger one. So that's okay. So now, um, when you know, as you know, um, I well, that's the, what you just mentioned. It's the spiritual part of it. Okay. So now I'm a little bit of an activist, as you know, and I will play uh, play ball with politics if the if the game is right. Now at some point. 
you were a senator's assistant in Paris. Yes. And that, I thought that was kind of really fascinating. And um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, uh, I graduated from uh, Sciences Po Paris, which is uh, 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 the equivalent of the School of Government here, mm -hmm. uh, basically that prepares uh, uh, young men or women for a career uh, in either in politics or in political administration. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm... Uh, I was hired uh, first uh, as as a uh, uh, general manager for um, the uh, general council of, of Guadeloupe, w which is the the equivalent of the the governor's office. Okay. Uh, so I had like eighty people un <laughs> un under my direction at age twenty-five. And, oh wow! And and. That 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 was uh, 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 at the same time that I dis that, that I ran into the love of my life, which is saxof the saxophone, the tenor okay. saxophone. Okay. You know, I started at twelve twenty four. Okay. So quickly, uh, the the you know the saxophone kind of took over uh, my concern. So I I decided uh, to uh, move to Paris, and the easiest way was to take a job uh, at the French Senate. Uh, and, and uh, I was hired by the senator to write uh, his speeches and wow. and uh, uh, his law projects and uh, his d different interventions, written or verbal. Uh, I, I, I was kind of, uh, you know, the 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 anything that has to do with with the uh, words came easy to me uh, at the time at least. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't you think that has to do with the fact that both your parents are writers? Yes, yeah. yes. And and uh, at, at the time I was uh, myself uh, working on, on, a, on a novel oh. uh, uh, that, I, that I completed, but, but uh, I never published it because uh, it, it would have conflicted with me, decided to go to Berklee College of Music and, and attempted, oh. uh, att attempting to, to become a... Uh, a musician. Okay. <laughs> so now, what 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 kind of genre was the novel? Was it a fiction? Was it? Yes, uh, it okay. was a uh, pure fiction, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to publish it at some point? Now that you're like already established, <laughs> this is great. You know, you know? Uh, it, it's possible. I, I, I would have to uh, read it over and, and make sure that uh, it still reflects something uh, vital in me. You okay. know. Okay. Uh, and but uh, uh, it, it's it's hard to to pursue d different things at the same time in the world of art uh, and do it well. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 if, if I ever publish this this uh, novel, that that would mean that uh, I would be ready to to write uh, to write some more. Okay, I got o it. Otherwise, it would be just a, a gimmick. <laughs> right, right. You know, <laughs> right, it's, right. It's no. like a, a little piece of mu museum, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 it, it would be like sh showing my 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 first uh, music stand or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> right. I, I, I wouldn't right. feel like it, it would be relevant for anything. Right. So. I, I understand that. I understand that. So now... Um, would you say that the experiences that you had as uh, in this uh, 
uh, consulate, you know, as the assistant has influenced, because your music has this all-embracing, universal, it's humanistic, it's got this energy of embracing uh, all. And do you think that that experience in uh, at that time actually assisted in how your music, you know, you write your music and build? Um, no, I, I, uh, this, my, my, my uh, entire professional experience prior to music uh, just helped me realize that uh, uh, anything uh, that didn't involve creation was not for me. Oh, uh, that, wow. that, that, that was that realization, you know, uh, uh, because uh, um, it's not that I wasn't good at, at, at uh, uh, you know, politics of, or, or managing or administration, but uh, it, 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 it didn't... Uh, um reflect who i was right right and 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 uh i was surrounded with people that i couldn't really relate to okay you know uh i i felt like we were uh from a different breed yeah and and, and I, I i surely didn't want to become <laughs> what 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 they were already right and and and, and uh it kind of terrified me about uh, uh my life uh, perspective and and I and I, I made a drastic move that uh, uh, really uh, was hard to swallow for everyone else around me, <laughs> right? Because they thought that I had gone insane and crazy, uh, and I, I was suspected uh, to to have a drug habit or to have stolen from the government and to be on the run or you know uh, to, to 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 conceal a. a uh, a heinous crime of some <laughs> some sort, or or to want to uh, leave uh, live as 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 a, a homosexual somewhere, <laughs> right. you know, and come out of the closet on the other part of the world, you know, it, it the 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 number of theories that I that, that I heard about me what uh, was really entertaining. Every, every time I, 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 I after I, I I came to America, every time I I, I would go home, uh, I, you know, it was like a uh, w w watching uh, uh, an episode of uh, Star Trek, you know, it, it, it would take me to <laughs> other places. <laughs> right. Beyond the stars. <laughs> yeah, because it's interesting what people think of uh, jazz musicians. You know, when you talk about jazz, uh, they have a concept of rock. You know, rock indicates you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and, you know, the, the party thing. But for jazz musicians, they always kind of think it, you have to be insane, really, if you're going to go and be a jazz musician or the music is at such a level that it kind of makes you nuts you know <laughs> it's that yeah actually you know uh uh one of uh Brentford Brentford Marcellus's uh album is called Crazy People Music <laughs> and, and and uh it's it's uh, I can r totally relate to that because uh uh you know so many uh people in in in, in Guadeloupe you know were when when they they hear what I do, they they they, they, they it's the confirmation for them them that I really got insane. <laughs> yeah, which brings us to Brother Jacques. Now, why, where did how did you get that? How did you get that name? You know, it was uh, just a, a nickname that that was given to me by D'Angelo oh. uh, on stage because uh, uh, every time he would call me for a solo, 
uh, at first, you know, pronouncing my name Jacques Schwarzbart. <laughs> it, first of all, it was a mouthful for him, you know. Uh, it was a mouthful for everybody. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, for, uh, coming from uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and pronouncing my name uh, w w was uh, quite a comical because uh, of the accent, the yeah, southern accent. the the southern <laughs> accent. It, 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 it was a train wreck at every time, <laughs> and, and and so so uh, he started uh, calling me bro brother Jack in in, in rehearsal, uh, and and uh, I was like, you know, m maybe you should try it on stage, and and he did, and I was like, wow, you know, uh, now now people can actually. Uh, remember my name yes. after the oh, show uh, yes. <laughs> and make make sense of it. It's true because I always had problems with saying your name. I, I don't know if you remember it there. I said, and so we have on tenor Jacques Schwarzbach. Uh, I had always had a, I had problems with. You know, I, I remember. I always remember. Uh, remembered the the first time I came to to New York uh, to play with Danilo Perez. Mm -hmm. um, we had a, a really intense set, and when he came to introducing me, he just blanked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, been there. <laughs> and 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 so he said, uh, and Jay on tenor. See, that could be a, a nickname too for you. <laughs> Man, I was like. What am I going to do? This is my name. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is my name. You know, and, I, and now that all, you know, that really makes sense to me now. Because the look you gave me whenever I was like, I could get the Jacques part down. And the look you gave me was always like, okay, you know, is it, that's my name. Is it going to be a problem with this? <laughs> uh, so that all, you know, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. So now... What are you working on right now? Uh, right now, I've, I've finished uh, recording my, my, my latest project, which is a, uh, um, uh, a symbiosis between uh, uh, Haitian voodoo ritual chants mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, modern jazz. Oh. Uh, wow. So... It involves uh, two voodoo priests, uh, a singer and, and uh, a hand drummer. Okay. And five uh, New York jazz cats. Wow. Uh, and and uh, you have Ben Williams in there. Oh, yeah. You have uh, Obed Calvert, oh. Etienne Charles, Milan Milanovic. Wow. And uh, the two voodoo priests are Erol Josué mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Mongai Jean-Baptiste. Oh wow, wow! And these are all compositions that uh, that you've written for this project. Yes, and and, and within uh, uh, many of those compositions, I insert uh, um, voodoo chants arranged. Oh, okay, okay. So so uh, a lot of it uh, involves actually. Uh, uh, Part composition and part arrangement of, of um, traditional voodoo chants. Okay. Because uh, uh, contrary to uh, how um, I conceptualized other uh, mixture of tradition and 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 and, and jazz, in this case, 
uh, I was facing religious music. Okay. And I had to respect the integrity right, of right, the chants. Right. That's you know, true. Because uh, uh, in that case, we're not dealing with the uh, simply music. Right. That's true. That's true. You know, if yeah. if if, if uh, uh, a chant is is is, is uh, supposed to call for a certain spirit, mm-hmm. uh, in order to have the right spirit come right, in, exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah. you, you have to respect the integrity of the chant. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's in pl- 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 yeah. plus. You know, uh, the reason why the chant works uh, is. is uh, is it, is because it communicates a uh, universal language that's beyond words or beyond music, and, and I, I feel like uh, spiritual music in general, mm-hmm. not not only voodoo, but uh, you know, look at gospel music, yes. you look at uh, music from uh, John Sebastian Bach or right. or of pygmy music. You mm-hmm. know, it, it it when when the intent is to go beyond the human condition mm-hmm. uh it creates a certain intensity uh that that uh elevates the soul somehow yeah, that's true uh, and, and and for those reasons you have to absolutely respect the the initial geometry mm-hmm. of of the chant you know yeah that's true and you know <laughs> when you listen to your music that's one of the things that you really pull from it's that uh the deep roots uh, of the origin of things. You know, we, uh, you know, people will mix international music, they'll mix American music with international music or the different genres, but not always do they capture the, the, the root of the origins of that music. And you do that really well. You can hear it. You can hear it um, in, in everything you do, in your playing, and that's the freshness that I, I feel is what's going to, to save jazz, which is going to bring jazz forward, because it's evolutionary, it's living, it's alive, uh, and um, and that's definitely something that you can can hear in what you do. Which is, I love, I love your music, I really do. Now, since we're talking about voodoo, and most people um, will they they have uh, connections, they have their ideas of what the voodoo is. Um, I think it plays perfectly into us going into the segment that I love the most about this show, which is going down into the basement. And that's the question I ask. Are you ready to go into the basement with me? Uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think uh, uh, part of me lives in the basement, <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah, right. I like the basement, and I don't need a lot of light, you know? <laughs> okay, so here's the first question. Tell us about someone you've worked with who was a little frightening to you but in a good way. Um, I have to say, uh, working with uh, uh, Roy Hargrove w- was a little frightening to me at first, uh, for m- many different reasons. First of all, you know, uh, all the respect that I have for his uh, musical ability and and uh, you know his unique style on the trumpet. Uh, uh, and the fact that he embodies this whole tradition of jazz uh, in the w- in the modern world, you know, and and also the fact that uh, the first time that uh, we we were together, uh, we had just met in a couple of jam sessions, and he had taken my phone number. Oh wow! Uh, 
and and uh, so we we hadn't really talked yeah <laughs> so uh his manager not him mm -hmm. but his manager calls <laughs> me uh to to go uh, uh uh play this 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 tour in 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 Europe uh and I had I had not met anybody in the band we didn't rehearse oh. and, and, and uh he sent me one chart <laughs> <laughs> For the whole set, <laughs> and and and, and uh, uh, maybe two uh, two MP3s, you right. know. <laughs> so I, I I really showed up uh, to the airport to JFK yeah. empty-handed. Right. Yeah, and, literally. And and, and uh, 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 Sherman Irby mm -hmm. uh, showed me a few more charts on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we had a 20 minute rehearsal before our first show in Leverkusen, Germany, and and um, you know uh, I was uh, frightened to death. <laughs> wow. And and, and um, uh, but I, I I was I was really uh, you know I, I I don't consider myself as a gifted musician, but there is one thing. That I received as a, as a gift, and, and that has helped me tremendously uh, in, in, in throughout my musical journey is my ears. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, w whatever information uh, I couldn't gather prior <laughs> to the gig, which is probably ninety nine percent, I was able to make out from 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 hearing. Yeah. yeah. And and adapt and 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 get into. Uh, the chord changes and play the solos and mm -hmm. uh, and, and and just fit in uh, pretty much right away. Yeah, and, and that's really what get, got me the gig. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, is that that's what you're also great at. I mean, I I've mentioned this before on other shows, but so many times you can play with people, and they're not always listening. I mean, they they kind of have a preset of what they think. They want the sound to, you know, what they want the to play, but they're not always listening to everybody around them. And and I always feel like when we play, it's dialogue. You know, we're actually talking to each other, and we're you know sitting around there sharing stories. And then, you know, and the audience is also a part of the storytelling. You know, uh, um, one of the cats that I had worked with. Big Nick used to say to me, you know, yeah, baby, tell us about it. Come on, tell <laughs> us about it, baby. You know, and I always that always stuck with me because I was like, oh, okay, I'm telling you about something. I mean, at the time, I didn't know what that meant, but, you know, now I do. So this, okay, so Roy Hargrove, that was your, um, and that, was it because you felt um, you wanted to keep the gig probably, right? <laughs> of course, like <laughs> but uh, uh, another, another reason why... Uh, I was a little frightened is 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 because uh uh he his uh, response as a human being was very uh uneven and uh, and and, okay. and uh, you know sometimes he he would engage in, in a conversation and 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 sometimes he would look at you like he didn't really know you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now see that all puts the pieces in place for me. <laughs> and, and and anybody who knows Roy and Roy himself could attest to that, you know. Yes. Uh, depending on on uh, what time of the day you you cross paths with him, <laughs> you, you you might feel like 
you 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 meeting somebody for the first time, <laughs> or you're talking to an old friend. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's pretty cool. No, so I got that. I got that now. So um, okay, so here's the second question. What is the scariest work in any medium, uh, like you know, painting, mm. photograph, mm. book, movie, mm. you know, whatever, uh, that you've encountered? That was the scariest to you. I mean, if there is, some people don't have. Um, uh, uh, my my scariest uh, moments took place prior to to uh, my professional life. Uh, it, it's when I was um, doing a lot of deep sea diving uh, in, in the Caribbean Sea. You know, okay. I, I was doing. Uh, um, uh, I was I was I was uh, fishing uh, with uh, a harpoon uh, without tanks. Oh, you know, wi okay. without uh, uh, air tanks. So um, I, I was uh, basically um, going about a hundred feet deep. Mm -hmm. uh, to to find really big fish and 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 uh, you know it, it, it sounds crazy right uh, it does sound crazy uh, <laughs> but uh, 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 there were about fifteen uh, other guys probably older than me mm -hmm. all of them but I uh, I I I loved uh, you know uh, the the whole experience okay uh, and and um, I, I had. I had to cheat this many <laughs> times. I mean, you know, wow. and, and some of my friends didn't. Okay. Uh, so it, it's 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 a very uh, risky activity, obviously, you know, because uh, uh, you, you never know when, when you go that deep if you're gonna uh, come back up. Right. That's true. And uh, you said you didn't use tanks. You didn't have tanks. Exactly. So basically, you you have to really judge uh, how much you still have in, in your lungs right. and, 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 and uh, uh, how long you, ha you have been under wow. uh, you know and, and how, how long uh, you, you, you have until you, you reach the surface again wow so yeah, see I never really thought about that part of it you know it's, it's you just kind of take it for granted that and, and, and when you go after a fish uh, uh down deep and you are excited and, and you, you really want to mm -hmm. get that fish <laughs> you know sometimes you forget right <laughs> that, that, that that you you might not have enough to go back up wow. and, and that's that's how uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of us uh, perished uh, 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 you know at the time and and so I had a lot of close calls wow uh, and but I, I always made it back. So do you think that doing that helps you with your breathing for uh, playing when you play? Without a doubt, you yeah. know that the my my uh, physical activities, you know, from from my youth, definitely helped me when I when it came to starting that late because I started the the saxophone at twenty four. Yeah. And, and uh, but um, you know I, I I had messed so much with all kinds of activities involving breathing. Okay. That that uh, I I could get into it and and pretty much develop pretty rapidly. Okay, okay. So I also wanted to ask you: Do you have uh, a favorite scary movie or a book or uh, you know? I find like a lot of musicians really don't aren't 
afraid of, uh, you know, re- like a book they would read that would be scary or. You know, uh, uh, I I I, say, I I see through the the you know all the intent uh, behind the the scary plots. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm like okay. He's probably gonna do that in order to scare me. Oh, no, this is where right. the, the 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 boogeyman is gonna appear out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it figures, you know. Uh, I, so so it it, it would. What's I would say I'm I'm much more frightened by uh, uh, plots involving psychology, mm-hmm. where you discover uh, all. The, the cruelty that that could come out of uh, the human mind yes yeah you know mm-hmm. uh, or when I um, watch uh, uh, documentaries about uh, um, wars yeah. And, yeah. And, and massacres and and uh, you know genocides that that that, that that's that really scares me. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but horror movies right, or yeah, sci fi like <laughs> and really you know, they, they, it actually makes me laugh more. Right. more oh. really. <laughs> okay, okay. No, that's great. And I, I agree with you too. I feel that um the psychological aspects of fear has always been what I've I've always been attracted to that part of it because that's our motivator, you know, that's what motivates us in doing or not doing something. You know, so it's uh, that's actually really you and Jay Anderson is another person that actually is more, you know, he kind of figures out the plot and everything. I I fall for it every time. Like, oh, don't go in there, you know. (laughs) And and, and another thing is, uh, uh, all my spiritual experiences have been positive. Okay. So so somehow. Uh, the world from beyond has been my friend <laughs> more, more, more than than the you know uh, my my fellow human beings. So okay, far. yeah. Well, so you also are from uh, your your culture is very different too. I mean, with the influence of Western belief and religion, you know that's that always instills these otherworldly things for us to be terrified of. Whereas you had a, it seems to me it's much more open. You had a much more open uh, spiritual experience yes. too. To really um, sense all everything, all of existence, is it in its in its purest form, which you wouldn't be afraid of, you know, especially you're four years old drumming in the middle of cane fields, <laughs> invoking you know the spirits of beyond. So now here's the final question: um, What is the scariest thing that has ever happened to you while performing live? Okay, uh, let me think. Uh, it it's uh, it it would have to be um, being at the end of the, at, the, at the end of, of the stage, uh-huh. and, and uh, uh, th- there were several cats w- w- with me right behind me. And and somebody in, inadvertently uh, pushed me, and, oh. and, and I tipped over uh, with my saxophone, oh. <laughs> and, and uh, I managed to uh, more or less uh, minimize uh, the the damage on the saxophone, but uh, I, um, I didn't mini- mi- I didn't minimize <laughs> the damage on myself. <laughs> so you you fell over. I, you fe- fe- oh, I, you fe- fell. I fell over, uh, and and. and uh, 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I had uh, $200 uh, worth of, of, of saxophone repair, which is not uh, right. a whole lot. But, uh, you know, I, I had the bruises for a long time. Oh, really? <laughs> now, was it in the middle or you had to get up and now continue to play the solo? Or did they stop or did they? Or did you they know, I, I had to switch to, to they, they didn't stop. No, no. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I waved to them that, that I was okay. Okay, okay. You know, but, but, but I couldn't use my, my, my tenor anymore. Right, and right. so I switched to soprano for the rest of the gig. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is amazing. That's, an, that's a great story. That's a great story. Because I always feel like... Um, you know, jazz musicians or musicians, I know jazz musicians in particular, and singers, women, female singers, they don't stop. They don't stop if it's gunplay. No, it doesn't matter what's happening. Everybody just keeps going. So it's... Uh, but but actually, you know, uh, a, a few people uh, thought it was an accident, but but uh, a lot of people in the audience thought, <laughs> thought it was a, a, an act, you know, and, and, and that I'd, I had... Uh, accomplished a major feat of uh, <laughs> acrobacy in the, in the middle uh, of a solo, so right, right. They, they 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 loved it. Right, right. Uh, and so did the band leader say, "Okay, man, can you do this again?" <laughs> no, I mean, you know, uh, uh, the the guys uh, in in the band they they, they knew that that it, it wasn't out of character for me to do something. It, yeah, because it doesn't seem like you're the kind of falling over type cat. No, 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 no. Incredible I, I, presence I, to you. I, I, I try to to remain focused on on playing my horn. Yes. And and, and that that's what a, a lot of sound engineer actually appreciate in the studio is that I don't move a lot, so they they can get a. Uh, a pretty consistent uh, sound out of my horn, mm -hmm. uh, where they say, you know, uh, so many horn players, they, they, they're so busy just moving around. Oh, you know? please. <laughs> I mean, now they have it where they can uh, do the cordless. So they're sliding on their knees like guitar players. And, <laughs> you know, um, wow, this has been, this has really been nice. This has been very, very nice. Uh, it's been great to have you as a guest, Jacques. Thank you, Veronica. I got to have you back, of course, especially when uh, you get the, the new work uh, piece that you're working on yeah. out. Yeah. And, um, oh, what can I say? It's just great to know you and to work with you, have worked with you, and uh, we got to do it again. We've got to uh, play again. I hope so, really. Uh, I get so many compliments on your playing on the Michael Frank's Art of Tea. Uh, the solo stuff that you did, which is great. Uh, I appreciate that. You had to do it somewhere in the other part of the world, <laughs> which I really appreciate. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't as bad as the Roy Hargrove. I hope uh, I gave you uh, enough information for that. But um, it has been an honor. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, you know. I, I hope we can get together outside of uh, any uh, uh, musical endeavor in the future. You know, I, I just love who you are and... and and uh, I, I love Travis too. So yeah, well, we're gonna do it. We get, I, see. I'm, now that it's being said on the podcast, we got to make it happen. <laughs> exactly. Right? So anyway, th thank you again. Thanks, man. Okay, and that wraps it up for us on Tales from the Jazz Side. <laughs> The jazz side is always there, waiting for us to enter and waiting to enter us. So, until next time, 
unplug your ear holes. For you never know what worlds may be waiting for you.